Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with uh, Commander Whippin is uh, in the co-pilot seat today and in the hot seat is Chris Schaefer from Heavy Smoke Barbecue. Chris, this is the part of the show where we ask you a bunch of really irreverent questions or maybe irrelevant questions. I don't know, something with an eye. And this is the part of the show where you can actually swear too, because this part doesn't go on radio. It it just part of the internet podcast world. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you could cook and then dine with a historical figure, who would it be? And what would your menu, menu be? Any historical figure. Yeah. That's a tough one. Because historically, you immediately think like somebody really old, but I don't know if that would even be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It can be someone that's actually alive, too. This might actually be alive. Um. You know, this is, might be a weird question, but I would love to, I'd love to have dinner with Alton Brown. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to have dinner with Alton Brown. Um, you know, I always say, I said I'm more chef than pitmaster, and like that, that dude's been an idol of mine for a super long time. If I was going back in history, I'd probably say JFK. Um, there you go. As far as meal, I mean, I need anything with those guys, uh, but I, I like Italian food. I like good pizza. I like greasy food. Mm-hmm. Ah, that a boy. I like it. Um, what's the uh the best barbecue book you think you've ever read uh when i very first started um my partner cole handed me paul kirk's book and said you have to read this before you cook with me and so uh be 100 percent honest with you i i think that's the only true barbecue book that i've read from front to back um and so yeah paul kirk Okay. How much, like time do you, how much time do you have on after hours? I got a great story. Uh, we, uh, oh. This is, we've got an hour. We've got yeah. an okay. hour now. Go ahead. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So Paul Kirk's been my guy forever. Paul Kirk and Tuffy Stone have been my idols, right? And so the 2019 Royal, um, the, 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 the people coming to check meat, they come over the trailer. And like, hey, you ready for meat inspection? I was like, honestly, man, I was like, it's frozen under a, a block of ice. I'm like, can I get, get it out? And you come back. They're like, yeah, that's fine. And so they come back to check the meat. It's a, a, a guy and a girl. And so the girl like walks out of the trailer to go to the next site. And that guy's coming out. I was like, hey, man, I appreciate you being cool with me. Um, just you know, had to get that kind of dug out. He's like, oh, no problem. We've been around barbecue, you know, our, our whole lives or whatever. I was like, oh, you competed at everything? He goes, oh, no. He goes, her dad's Paul Kirk. And I was like, oh, crap, that's crazy, right? Yeah. And so they come back uh, the next day, 
to check for the open. And I was like, your dad's Paul Kirk. And she's like, yeah. And I told her that story, you know, Hey, my partner gave me his book and said, I had to read it before we could compete. And, um, I was like, he's just been my idol forever, you know? And she's like, Oh, that's very cool. I'll, I'll tell him you said that. And so I'm in my trailer at the open and I'm making a pork box and I get a knock on my trailer and my dad opens the trailer and it is Paul Kirk. And he walks in and I was like, um, uh, hello, Mr. Kirk. <laughs> and, and he was like, I, he's like, you know, my daughter said, you want to meet me? I was like, absolutely. You know, and so I shake his hand and he's like, well, get that box turned in. I'm like, okay. So I finished making the box and Paul goes, Hey, can I take a picture of this for one of my classes? He's like, this is easily the best pork box I've ever seen. And I was like, yeah, well, he gets his phone out. He's kind of old. He's fumbling with his phone. And I'm like, Hey, Paul, you want me to take that picture? He's like, yeah. And he hands his phone. I take a picture. And so I was like, man, I don't want to keep you. And he's like, no, he's like, I want to try your brisket. I said, okay. And he just sat down in the Cambro next to my uh, trailer or my trailer next to the table. I get the brisket out and I, I cut it up and I give him a piece. And he was actually critiquing my knife skills. He's like, man, he's like, your knife skills are great, but do it this way. And so he kind of taught me, like retaught me how to slice a brisket. He tries my brisket and he's like, man, your brisket is insane. And so we get it turned in and Paul Kirk sat in my trailer for two and a half hours Wow! and, and talked with me about barbecue and life. And, and we just talked and talked and talked and to the point that he had to go to the hall of fame thing. And he, he was like 30 minutes late for it. And I was wow. like, I was like, I was like, you better get out of here. And Paul goes, I've been kicked out of nicer trailers than this. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, ah, oh, they'll wait for me. And so, uh, yeah, he walks out. It's like, it's like three 30. He's like late for his, uh, his, his thing. And he gets out of there and he walks out of the trailer and I walk out of mine. My buddy was to the site next to us. He was like, was that Paul Kirk? I was like, yeah. And he's like, what in the hell? I was like, I can't even, I can't even tell you. So, uh, yeah, I, I left, I left the 2019 Royal with a picture of me and Paul Kirk in my trailer. And that was, that was the highlight. I got a, I got a 180 in chicken that weekend. I think my picture with Paul Kirk was still better. Ah, there you oh, go. That's cool. There you go. I love hey, that. Hey, Chris, what would you say your, this applies more to your restaurant, but what would you say your success to failure ratio is when you're trying to create a, either a new dish or a new seasoning, new rub, new sauce, something like that? Um, I would say my success rate is really high. Um, I, I, was, I was just born with a really great palate. Um, yeah. and, and that's something that you can't really develop uh, or it's hard to develop. And I can, I can almost always, you give me a sauce or a rub, and I could, I could tell you 90% of what's in it. Um, so the success rate of that has been really good. Uh, as far as coming up with dishes, like I told Leanne, my business partner is a chef of 25 years. And so a lot of times I can go to him and be like, Hey, I want this. And he's like, yeah, I got it. And he'll, he'll come up with it. And you know, you might have a try or two to get it right, but we, we almost always get it right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, if you started your career all over again, is there anything different you would do? You know, probably, Probably not. Um, I've worked real hard. I've put in a lot of time to, to try to hone my craft. Um, maybe, maybe start taking classes earlier is the only thing I could, I could yeah. think of, you know, and I took my first class in 2015. Um, I've taken probably 10 or 12 classes since then. Uh, just, I, I consider myself a student of the game and I'm always learning. And so yeah, I started cooking at 11 and took a class of 15. I think if I took a class at 11 or 12 or maybe went and took True Buds class back then, maybe I'd have been, you know, successful faster. But um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how things have gone. Uh-huh. Do you think people can ever rise to a level that they no longer either can or care about learning something different? 
Um, I think can and care are two very different things. Yeah. Um, I think people can get to a point where they don't care about being better. You know, like Leanne said, once you've kind of achieved what you want to achieve and you've reached a level of success, I think it's easy to, to, to take your foot off the gas and be happy with where you are. Um, but I think somebody can always learn. Um, if you get to the point that you think you know it all, I can assure you, you're probably on your way out. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's a very good analysis there. Have you ever eaten haggis? I have not. Good man. Um, <laughs> what does the fantasy day look like for for Chris? And what activities do you do if you have a day like that? Oh, if I have a day like to do whatever I want kind of thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, your best day in the world besides winning the jack. Maybe it's something you do with your daughter or something. Uh-huh. I was going to say um, this is going to be a real boring answer because whatever my daughter wants to do is what I want to do. Um, Mm. I don't care if it's, you know, what it is. Um, you know, I, I, I've tried my best to do what I do and still maintain, um, a great relationship with my daughter because you don't go on a lot, but like I've told people over and over, like Sundays are my daughter's day. I don't care what she wants to do. And I've literally drove home from a competition and got home at four in the morning and got up two hours later to make her breakfast and take her to the pool. And, if she says, I want to play, I say, heck yeah, let's play. Um, mm-hmm. I, I vowed to never be that dad to be like, I'm too tired or, Hey, I'm watching this or whatever. Um, I'm a dire Cowboys fan. I could be in the middle of a Cowboys game. And she says, you want to play Barbies? And I'm like, hell yes, let's play Barbies. <laughs> there you go. So spirit of the day with my daughter is going to always be my highlight. I will, I will tell you a story. You brought up Barbies. So you opened the door for me there. Um, my daughter had a huge Barbie collection and uh, but she, she had this thing when she was really little, I don't know what it was about, but she would cut their hair. uh, And some of these things were expensive as hell, you know, and she would cut their hair or she would dye their hair. And so once she went off to college and didn't want them anymore, we just kind of took them all to goodwill because they weren't worth a crap anyway anymore. But whatever she wanted to do was fine. You know, it was all good. I think um, people get too wrapped up in that. Uh, not to just, you know, talk too much about this, but like, I remember, you know, growing up, it was like, uh, you know, my, my, my mom, I love my mom to death. She would like, you know, be worried about a dirty house or worried about this or worried about all that. And I think sometimes you got to worry about, more like spending good quality time yeah. Mm-hmm. with, and you know, as we were getting older, it was like, my mom realized that it was more about spending good quality time with us than making sure that, you know, the, the, the counter was cleaned off or something, you know, I think mm-hmm. you got to focus more on just making good memories. Yeah. Did she ever bite you? No nope. kid. <laughs> no, nope. my, my kid bit me in the shoulder one time I had been gone for like a 10 days, two weeks, something like that. And she was so excited. She came running down the driveway and she jumped up in my arm. She was little and she got so excited. She bit me up here and I couldn't get her to like, let go. (laughs) (laughs) I had tooth marks in my shoulder for months. If uh, Leanne declared you supreme ruler of barbecue for a week, what would you as supreme ruler decree for barbecue? Hmm. Does Leanne have that power? Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, I think there's so many things going right in barbecue and I think there's a lot of things going wrong too. I, I think, um, 
it's a tough one. It really is. I think there's some things right now, you know, some of these, these competitions are struggling uh, to get teams and, and things are, you know, high cost and stuff. And so, you know, maybe you find a way to get some of the costs down, um, maybe even lower the requirements to be a qualifier for the Royal of the Jack, you know, maybe bring it down to 20 teams instead of 25 teams or um, I don't have a great answer for you on that one, but um, I think there's some things that could be done to, to make what we do better. There you go. What's your least favorite food to cook? Doesn't have to be anything barbecue. Be just big category there. F- least favorite food. Well, I tell you, I rolled a hundred egg rolls today. That yeah, I know you any, did. <laughs> that, that wasn't any fun. You know, I think anything that's uninspired, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I make my daughter cheese quesadillas all the time and like, there's just nothing to it, you know? It's right. A, um, I'd say, I'd say any food that's uninspired is, is not a lot of fun to cook. Do you remember the first thing you ever, you know, grilled smoked barbecued yeah so however you did it oddly enough it would have been in the in the restaurant you know i worked in the restaurant when i was in high school and when i finally got to the grill i remember doing burgers and steaks and uh i remember i was like 16 years old i remember having to like cut every steak open to see if it was done enough and <laughs> you like flip it upside down and make a small cut in it and then flip it back yeah. over on the plate so people didn't know that you cut it <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. yeah i, yeah. I still do that <laughs> yeah are you gonna I do think- that with your fajitas tonight uh, no 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 that's a okay. quick quick sear and it's done okay yeah. uh chris um, if we put your skills to music what would the music be I am such a huge music fan that that's a, that's a hard one to answer. Um, you know, I, I love, you know, I love country music and uh, like kind of like bluegrassy type music I, on the way to competitions. We always listen to that because my dad likes the type of country music, but I'm also kind of a metalhead. I love yeah. metal music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Elvis fan. I mean, if, if I was to like, just play my playlist, you would hear, you would hear Sinatra you would hear Garth Brooks, you would hear Slipknot, uh, Elvis, you know what I mean? Like you would hear absolutely everything. If, oh, if yeah. there's talent, if there's talent in it, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Do a little Steel Panthers for you up on that. Well, Steel Panther. We used to listen to Steel Panther when I cooked with, <laughs> when I cooked with Cole, we listened to Steel Panther on the way to cops get pumped up. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst concert you ever went to? Uh, you know, I've, I've really gone to some great concerts. Um, can't think of a worst concert. One that sorely uh, disappointed you. You had high expectations, and it just wasn't what you expected. You know, it's hard to answer because I don't. I don't go to a lot of concerts unless it's somebody that I love. Um, that's a hard one. Do you guys have one? I do. What's yours? It was a Whitney Houston concert. Was it terrible? It was terrible. She she she's so like gawky, like the way she dances and moves. Her voice was phenomenal, but the show was just terrible. I will tell you awkward. I I have an answer now. Uh, Chris Stapleton Ah. is fantastic singer. Yeah, I love all of his music, but he just basically like sat on a stage and sang and like almost no talk, no interaction, just song to song to song and hammer all the hits. And like, I enjoyed it, but I think you go to a concert to see a show. Like if Absolutely. I just want to hear the songs back to back, I can turn on Spotify. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Uh, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? 
Hippo. It's easy. Hippo. Oh my God. Hippos are big like me. They're strong. They're the most aggressive animal in the wild. That's true. That's true. Uh, Where's the worst place you ever had to cook? Well, so I, (laughs) this is all, this is bad. When I worked, uh, I worked um, at that restaurant when I was young, I was in high school and there was, uh, like I said, we lived on the river, right? So there was a Harbor, like a few miles up the road that had a bar kind of, and they needed help. And so, you know, I was working four or five nights a week in one restaurant and then I'd go work at the other one on my days off. And when I went in there, they had this, this older lady, nothing wrong with older lady, but this older lady was, uh, she was the slowest cook on earth. And so they had like the customers had come grown accustomed to getting food an hour and a half, two hours after they order it. So people would show up, people would show up at three o'clock and order dinner because they knew it was going to take forever. Right. Well, I went in there my first night on the line by myself, a small little place and orders start coming in and I'm blasting them out. And I have an entire, like an entire cabinet or a countertop full of dishes and I'm literally in the bar trying to get servers. I'm like, hey, food's up, food's up. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, it's done. They're like, there's no way it's done already. And I was like, it's done. And the food sat there so long that it got cold. Oh, uh, boy. And then by the time they get it out, now people are sending back dishes that are cold. And I was like, it sat in my window for an hour. And so they're wow. like, people don't, people are like, they don't want their food yet. They don't want their food yet. And I was like, well, then why'd they order it? You know? Yeah. And uh, I think, I think I worked there two or three days until I was like, this, I, I can't, Forget I can't, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, you're on death row. What would your last meal be? Crab cakes. Easy. a boy. <laughs> I got a dish. Leanne had them so she can oh tell you God. what she thought, but pork. So cakes. I have absolutely yep. phenomenal. I have a dish in my restaurant called pork cakes and they're born out of my love of crab cakes. And it's pulled pork with cream cheese, cheddar cheese, and onions, uh, patted out, uh, breaded panko breadcrumbs and fried and served with coleslaw on top. Um, but it, it was born out of my love of, uh, crab cakes. Do you ship, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing is though, is I, do you guys like crab cakes? Oh, uh-huh. love them. The problem is there's so many bad crab cakes in the world. Yeah. And so like, you know, I was in New Orleans at this place called the Bourbon House, and I had maybe the best crab cake I ever had in my life. But like, it's easily my favorite food, but 90% of the time I get them, they're junk. But like, yeah. when you get a great one, you're like, oh my gosh. And I have a guy that works for me as a, as a cook at my restaurant, dude. They're from Maryland. And so, right after he started, his mom made crab cakes and he brought them in and cooked them for me. And I was like, yeah, we just keep this going. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Massachusetts. Well, I've been there a lot, but. I was there and one of the restaurants we were in had lobster cakes and crab cakes. So we ordered them both and they were knock your socks off deal. Right. Yep. The next week I'm down in Virginia doing a show and I'm thinking crab cakes, just like you, you know, I'm thinking that they bring them in and this stuff had so much, as I like to call it sawdust in it, uh-huh. there was no crab in it. You know, there, it just was bland oh, and everything Taylor. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. I've it, learned. I've learned to ask if they have breadcrumbs in their crab cakes. If they say yes, don't order them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good deal. Um, switch gears here for a second. What's the biggest change that you think should be made in competition barbecue? Um, so I've got, a, I've got a few. Um, I think the expense is bad. You know, I, like 
you know, I cooked 46 competitions last year and with travel and everything, I had every bit of 50, $60,000 into competing and, and, I, and I'm probably lowballing, right? You are sure. lowballing. And so the guy, you know, the guy that, you know, cooks the best food on his block, he's got to be into it for a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks to go cook now. And, um, like, like who could do that? Right. I mean, right. like I, I can afford to spend $60,000 competing if I'm going to win 60,000, but that dude's not going to win it. And it's just the reality of it. And so the expense is crazy. I, I don't know how you fix that. Um, and I learned a long time ago that, uh, you know, telling, so telling you what's wrong without a solution is just complaining. Um, but like, I don't know how to fix it. Uh, I think the one meats are good and you know, one meat rib, one meat chicken's good. Uh, but it's just expensive. And then the other thing is, is that nowadays it seems like they put so many competitions on the same weekend that it cannibalizes every competition. And then they can't get teams and you'll have a weekend where I got to drive eight hours from St. Louis to cook a comp. And then the next weekend I'll have six comps within six hours. And so I think, mm-hmm. I think them planning better of where comps are located and moving them their weekends would help a lot. Do you think something like the SCA does where you go and your meat is provided? Um, the problem is the cooks, the cooks are never going to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, I want, I want to pick my meat, right. right. And like, I want to show up with a better brisket than you and Leanne, you know? Um, so like, maybe that's good for the guys starting out, but you'll never get guys like, like us to do that. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite movie? I do. I have, I have a lot, a lot of movies. I love movies. Um, I'll tell you when I trim meat, when I trim meat, I've got like, uh, like three movies that I watch. And so uh, every week I watch these. So I hope um, it's not like Dahmer. No, <laughs> no, it's the Godfather with the horse. Head. No, yeah. it, no, it doesn't take me. It doesn't take me that long to trim. I, I, I couldn't get through the Godfather. So, um, have you seen burnt with Bradley Cooper? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's one of them. Uh, Moneyball. Moneyball. Yeah. Have you oh, seen yeah. that? Yeah. And then you haven't seen Moneyball with Brad no. Pitt. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It. It's fun. All right. It's a fantastic down. movie. And like, I'm not even a huge baseball fan, but I love that movie. And then I'm gonna let you guys know a little secret. Some people know this. I am the world's biggest Sylvester Stallone fan. Oh, I love um, him too. And so I watch uh, Creed, uh, Creed and Creed 2. Those, yeah. uh, those are my go-tos. But, you know, the movie I bet I've seen the most out of any of them is Days to Confuse. When I was young, I, 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 I probably watched that movie 200 times. That's what it's like being in a radio studio all day is Days to Confuse, Chris. Trust me. Are you going to watch Tulsa King with Stallone? Oh, I, I couldn't be more excited. Oh, there you go. Because I because I'm a Yellowstone fan, and it's uh it's the same guy that made Yellowstone, and it's got yeah. it's got Stallone in it. So I mean, uh-huh. it's it's got to be good. Yeah, no, no. Taylor's doing. Taylor is knocking him out of the park in Hollywood. Anything oh, anything he pitches gets on the air now. Yep. I mean, he's the truly the golden boy. But I digress. Okay, here's some fun stuff: sweatshirts or formal wear. Oh, I. I wear shorts 99.9% of the year. So not formal wear. Uh, I, I like hoodies. Yeah. I, I'm not a sweatshirt guy, but I'll wear hoodies. Okay. I'll say this though. If I was in better shape, cause I'm a big dude. If I was in better shape, I'd like a nice, like tailored suit all the time. Cause I think they look great and you feel great wearing them, but uh, being a big guy, man, it's, it's better to be comfortable. It's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, well, this, the, I know what your answer will be on this. Would you describe yourself as corn fed or grass fed? I'm, I'm, I'm corn fed. Okay. Boxers or briefs? 
boxers. Oh, well, boy. actually, boxer briefs. Yeah, That's, yeah. That seems to be the thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's that support factor. I'll just put it at that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, Dire Straits, ACDC, or Billy Ray Cyrus? Uh, I'd say ACDC. Attaboy. Okay. What's one thing you miss about your 20s? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess the energy. I mean, I guess it's really it, just having more energy and, uh, I don't drink anymore, but back then I could drink and get up the next day and be functional. And if I drink now, I'd be down for three days. Oh yeah. What's the, um, what's the biggest mistake you ever made during a comp? Oh, that's a great story. Um, so I used to, uh, I used to run a heat deflector in my rib drum and I would, uh, flip my drum, flip my ribs like halfway through the process. And, um, I forgot to put the heat deflector in. And, uh, the pit was running hot even. And I was like, ah, it's got a deflector. It'll be fine. And, uh, when I, when I flipped those ribs over the bottoms of them were black Black. and like, I'm not saying like kind of charred, they were (laughs) black. Uh, the guy cooking next to me sent up on his porch and he looked down and he was just like, Oh shit. And I'm like, yep. And, uh, I took, I took them inside the trailer and I found a, a spoon, a metal spoon. And I scraped everything off the bottom of those ribs that you could. And I reseasoned them and put them back out there. And um, I got first in ribs in GC.com. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, my next question was, what was the dumbest thing you've ever seen done with a grill? But you may have just answered that. I'm not yeah. sure. No, no, I got it. Oh, oh my so. gosh. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. So this was, this was, uh, I was at a buddy of mine's house and um, it was having like a 4th of July party. Right. Right. And I was, I was already competing. So people knew that I was competing. I, I hadn't had, you know, uh, uh, even like a percentage of the success that I've had at this point. Right. But they knew I was competing. So my buddy throws, uh, he's got a gas grill and he throws pork steaks out and um, they're like, you know, your typical little half inch pork steaks and he puts them all over the grill. Well, a buddy of his comes up and he stacks them up and he puts like a stack of five pork steaks on top of each other. And so like there's one pork steak touching the grill with four pork steaks on top of it. Then he closes the door again. And I'm like, what's going on? And so I wait a few minutes. I go over there and grab the tongs. and I spread them back out on the grill so they can cook. So he comes back over, he opens it up, he sees them, he stacks them all back up again. I said, Jim, what are you doing? He's like, but he goes, I'm pork steak stacking. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, you never pork steak stack? I'm like, no, nobody's ever pork steak stack. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I promise you it's a game changer. And I was like, all right, if you say so. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, they ended up cooking them that way. And like, I didn't even try them. I, I didn't know how the top ones would even be done. Yeah. You know what I mean? This yeah. guy literally just stacked him. He's like pork steak stack. He's a game changer. I was like, all right, have fun with that. Hey, well, he maybe he was right about being a game changer. You never eat another pork steak again after you uh, yeah. took yeah. one off the top. Yeah. Salmonella also a game changer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, have you ever cooked in your underwear in a thunder or snowstorm? Um, I've cooked in my underwear, uh, not during a, a snowstorm or a okay. thunderstorm. <laughs> okay. Well, someday we'll tell you the Chris Lilly story about that. Um, <laughs> I think we're down to the part where we ask you when and what you think you want to do when you retire. 
Um, when I retire, I think, I think I would like to, to travel. Um, I don't, I don't get to do that much now, you know, as busy right. as I am. And I travel in different aspects. I'm all over the country competing, but like, um, I'll never forget. There was a weekend. Well, even, even different things that my, my wife, uh, she used to be a dental assistant and we went to Springfield, Illinois. Um, she had to take a test up there, but we spent the weekend and we went to, you know, like, uh, the Lincoln museum and just mm-hmm. all these little things that, man, I, I had such a blast that weekend, just seeing all these little places. And like, I'd love to go to these little towns and see yep. what they're proud of. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know what I mean? I, I think I'd have a blast just going all over the country and seeing all those little things you can see. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, you gotta make to my not North Dakota's gooseberry festival or something. It's fun. Well, things like, like, absolutely things like that are like, uh, they do the pumpkin chucking thing, yeah. um, up in Wisconsin or whatever. I mean, I, I, I would love to go see that stuff. Yeah. Oh, we have them out here with catapults, the pumpkin chunking. Do you? Yeah. We use catapults out here. That's pretty fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. They, they do go flying. Uh, Chris Schaefer, man. Thanks for being with us today. Yes, you, you've been a you great guest. Great guest. Appreciate you having me, guys. Yeah. Um, one more time. Tell them where they can find you. Not on the wall at the post office either with, you know, holding the number thing. Those are my 20s. That's why uh, I didn't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah. HeavySmokeBBQ.com and HeavySmokeBBQ uh, on Facebook. There you go. Chris, thank you. Miss yes, Leanne, thank you. thank you. And folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Until then, like we always say, adhere to our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody.